You're listening to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. Got a really cool, interesting interview ahead. It's slightly different from the others, but it's really good because I like the way uh, John Miles and I thinks. Uh, he's a Chief Information Officer. So we touched on a little bit of sales, but I really wanted to find out how he works, how he uh, links in with his team and how he communicates more effectively because we're all salespeople at the end of the day, but it's really good golden nuggets of uh, great, wonderful experience and knowledge shared. So I think you'll find this one really interesting. Appreciate it. If you like it, please give it a five-star rating on your normal social media channels, podcast channels, or whatever. Enjoy this. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. I'm a sales strategist, sales coach, sales trainer, help deliver better results. Today is all about insightful leaders, insightful leadership, insightful sales leaders that have something slightly different, so something slightly that they can give back. And I'm very excited to speak with John. John, could you pronounce your surname? Because I'm probably going to say it all wrong. But uh, if you'd like to pronounce your surname for me, they'd be grateful. <laughs> sure, no problem. It's John Manzanaris. John Manzanaris. Thank you very much. And look, you were suggested to speak to by a mutual friend uh, and uh, someone that I've known for about five years, Ed Soho. So absolutely delighted to speak to you. He wouldn't refer me over to anyone that has something slightly different. So I'm really looking forward to this podcast with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Like, I'm going to give you a bit of a blurb about yourself. I know you've been in 25 years in IT, information technology, and you've got a sort of good accolade uh, from an eclectic array of uh, experience from lots of different companies. Uh, and now you're working in uh, your executive vice president of information technology. So you've got lots and lots of good things about you. So uh, chief information officer, partners with senior management, regular presents to board of directors, lots of good golden gems in there. So uh, I'm sure you're going to tell a little bit more. I've just touched on a few points here, but, you know, you're on here just to say what you do and how you make an impact in the business that you actually operate in now and in the past. Could you give us a little bit of a few touch points of, um, your, I would normally say anchor points along the way and describe what you do and how you got to where you are at, at the moment? Yeah, sure. H happy to do that. Um, you know, like, like you said, I'm a chief information officer, and that means I have responsibility for all of the technology, uh, the applications, uh, that helps support the business and their transformation. Um, I'm really there to be a business leader first and then a technology leader second in my role as a CIO, right? It's, it's all about driving IT and getting IT to be a business partner. And, and a lot of what I try to do in my role as their leader is to bring IT kind of out of that back office space to be part of the business so that they're speaking in business terms, not in IT terms, right? They're prioritizing 
and they're evaluating solutions based upon business impact, right? How do we create value or mitigate risk? And, and really driving all the way through to the voice of the customer and understanding what the business goals and objectives are. And, and so a lot of what I do is, is really trying to help connect IT and the business. We've talked for years about aligning IT and the business. There's no alignment. You are part of the business, right? And, and you need to understand that and prioritize things that way. So that's where I see my role as, as kind of that connector, uh, communicator, uh, encourager, uh, you know, that really kind of helps drive that those solutions back to business objectives. You know, it's about connecting people to technology, um, you know, and, and helping, you know, bringing those technology challenges to the forefront to help solve business problems. Um, you know, I started my career, you know, undergraduate and graduate work in computer science, uh, started out doing applications development, rose up through the ranks, uh, through various uh, companies and backgrounds, uh, had some mm -hmm. opportunities to work in, in global organizations and do global implementations, uh, working in supply chain and logistics, uh, worked in financial services, uh, I did I worked as the CIO of a, a trucking company in North America, where we did expedited freight movement across the US. Uh, and then uh, most recently at a, a private equity owned uh, company that did services and construction and uh, engineering in the HVAC and refrigeration space. And throughout my career, I've, I've loved learning about new businesses and bringing technology to help solve those business problems. So um, it, it really is around, you know, how can I understand what's going on in the business? How can I make sure that my IT team understands that? Very often I'll run into people within my organization that may be working on a particular solution for a customer or for one of our end users within the organization, and they've never actually talked to or experienced what they're going through. And so what I've had to do in, in several cases is take my chief architect, take, take my chief uh, and, you know, lead developer and bring them out of the office and say, let's go on a ride along with this truck driver. Let's go on a ride along with this technician out there. Let's experience what they're experiencing. How, how can you develop those platforms without understanding that? Uh, and really kind of help educate and, and, and bring the IT organization so that they understand What's the end game? What are we trying to do to achieve mm -hmm. success in the business? Not implement technology for the sake of technology, but with an end result of driving driving value, driving creation of, of business opportunities. So how have you actually pivoted right now? Because we've all been in this uh, funny world for the last uh, 12, 12 months or near enough, but how have you pivoted as an organization to communicate a little bit more effectively around the organizations, because there, there might not be the opportunities now to actually sit alongside um, these people or, or the employees anymore, but how, how have you worked with that now? You know, that, that that's a huge challenge, right? So in, in uh, March, in mid-March, when everything was starting to hit, uh, we sent 900 employees home in three and a half days, um, getting them set up with uh, you know, laptops and desktops and monitors, getting them VPN access. And it, you know, a lot of that had, you know, the reason we were able to get that done is because we had prepared. Mm -hmm. So we already had a lot of folks who had laptops. We had a lot of folks who could enable and work from home, but it was a big challenge. And then once we got everybody home and secured and we sent my team home 
Then it became, how do we enable connectivity? Right? We mm -hmm. already did a lot of video conferencing, but not nearly at the level of, that we've seen over this last year, right? And so how do we connect with people? How do we provide that technology? So full-blown full implementation, getting everybody out there so they can stay connected, rolling out a collaboration platform so that they can do more than just video calls, but they can do yeah. chat, they can do sharing of documents and all of that. And, but, but it still is challenging for managers to be able to manage that way, right? You're used to seeing people come into the office. You're used mm -hmm. to talking, dropping by and talking to them or having them drop by your office or seeing them at the coffee, you know, coffee station or the water cooler, if you will. And having those impromptu, unplanned uh, conversations. Yep. So this is requiring our managers, our leaders, to, to go out of their comfort zone and, and really kind of make time for those conversations in a different mode. Yeah, and and yeah. some of the things that I've, I've communicated to my leadership is don't just rely on you know, these video calls, Zoom calls, for project meetings and status only. You need to have calls and reach out to your people and ask them how they're doing. Yeah. Right? You need to have that empathy. You need to have, you know, this more than anything is requiring leaders to have empathy about the situation, about their family, how they're dealing with all of this. It's stressful. Yeah. And yeah, you're going through that. And how do you as a leader step up to that and, and be more connected? And, and it's it's very much a challenge that we're all going through and having to learn that new normal of how will we do that? You know, it's, it's, it's challenging to create a relationship and build a relationship on video calls only. Um, yeah, it, I can understand that. And I read, I literally read a book yesterday about success. And what is actually missing is uh, a lot of the rapport and relationship building is done by the coffee machine or the water cooler or something like that. And that's being missed at the moment because that is all part of success and how success means for the company and the, as, a, as a whole. So you suggested that that's a bit of a challenge, but how, how could you empathetically communicate a little bit better? But it's also back to yourselves as well and your own empathy with your situation because it's not only about uh, the team, it's also about yourself. So how, how do you work with that? Yeah, you know, it, 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 it really challenges you to exercise muscles you're not used to working with, right? You, you do a little of that, but it was a lot easier when you're seeing people face to face. I think that it, it's really been an opportunity throughout this time at home to do some self-reflection and some self-development around how do I become a better, more effective leader? That yeah. these are skills that I was working on and needed to develop anyway, but now they've been they've been heightened, uh, and the urgency is much more there because of the remote you know nature of our working environment. Yeah. And how do I mentor and guide and coach you know the the leaders that I have and the future leaders on how to how to be more empathetic, how to have that EQ. Uh, that that really drives and makes you makes you a good leader, um, and and not just around driving towards tasks and success, but understanding the whole person. You know, they yeah. they talk about this whole idea of work life balance. Um, I for a long time have said it's not work life balance; it's 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 work life integration. 
Yeah. Uh, some people during the, this time has said it's not it's not working from home. It's sleeping at work because people are spending entirely too much time sitting in front of the computer. They're not taking breaks. They're not setting that time frame. They're not having that discipline because they're not used to doing that. Yeah. Right? So cool. at work, there was a clear definition of start and a clear definition of end. And now you're working at home that gets blurred. Yeah. So how, how do you how do you work with that? Because there is um uh, for me now, I I I I'm I'm on at eight in the morning. I'm switching on and then uh, I, I don't finish the but I do have breaks during the day, but it is uh, I think in the first lockdown it was easier, but now everyone is sort of logging on early and finishing off late. So how how would you manage that and how do you communicate that back to people? Uh, you know, uh, my own personal practice is to, once we started working at home, I still got up at the same time. I still got ready. I still did the same routine. Yeah. And then I would go into my office and begin the day. Yeah. Right? So you still need to have the same, you need to develop a new routine of what you're going to do. I know I've read uh, some people said that instead of the commute, go for a walk around the block, right? So you're simulating that kind of, leaving my personal life and going to the office. Yeah. You know, for me, I get up in the morning, um, uh, through, throughout the course of this, I started meditating, which I found very helpful in terms of my awareness and focus and, mm -hmm. and focus on gratefulness uh, throughout the day. And so I do that in the morning. Um, I take the dog for a walk and that was when I could listen to podcasts. Uh, before I used to do that on my, my commute into work and then I lost that because I wasn't driving anywhere. Yeah, so that's right. The podcast while I walk the dog, I come back, I get my coffee ready, and then I come into the office so I can do my work. And it's around that kind of discipline. You want to schedule break times. Um, yep. You want to make sure that when you're working from home, that you do get up from time to time. Go outside, you know, if, if the weather is nice. And, and you know, just be, you know, to experience a little bit of a break. Uh, your, your mind needs to have that break time. You cannot stay focused for that extreme period of time without getting fatigued, uh, especially for Zoom calls, uh, you know, oh, you, set up and you get you get fatigued for being on video calls. I'm on video calls all day, it seems like. Um, and so you really kind of have to have that downtime and mm -hmm. really around that routine. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, like I, I applaud you for doing the meditation part because I do that and I've been doing that for about five, six years. I haven't been practicing every day, but it's it's a good thing to silence the mind in a way, and I, I like that. And how 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 are the how are your team working with that? And are they are they, are they practicing uh, things like you've suggested, or uh, are they taking their own practices, or or whatever? You know, I, I don't know if I've necessarily converted anybody over to meditate. I've had a few people ask questions about it, and, and I've pointed to some good practices that I, at least I like to do. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, like anything, uh, to create a habit it is going to make you more successful at getting it done. And how do you create that habit is you have to take those tiny steps, right? So for me, I had to connect it to another habit I already had in the morning. So I needed to make sure that that was the first thing I did. If, if I didn't have a specific time I was going to do it, then other things might come up and I might miss it. So how do I create that habit in the morning so that I can go do that? And then, you know, the app helps me with tracking my, my progress. So then that kind of drives me as well, because if you can measure it, uh, then you can 
perform better at it. So I know how many of these sessions I've been able to do, how many days in a row, how many minutes, how many sessions. Uh, that yep. just helps drive you with those kind of personal measuring your performance, measuring your success. Um, but the other parts of it around my team is just you as a leader have to repeat yourself. You have to continually remind them of the message. Uh, you know, tell, talk to them about their people. Talk to them about the culture. Talk to them about the environment that you're working in and the challenges that you're having. So you need to treat. All, you know, you need to remind them of that. As a leader, that's that's one of the jobs that you need to do. Is mm -hmm. you know, continue to repeat yourself so that people can can listen to that and they can get it. What is it? I think the rule. Of, you have to repeat yourself seven times before someone's actually going to hear it. Um, yep. You need to continually do that. And so even when I have my one-on-ones, you know, I usually start off with how are you doing as an individual, right? How are you, how's your family? How are your kids? You know, how are you dealing with being at home? You know, don't jump right into, you know, projects and tasks and objectives and all of that. You'll get to that and remind them to do that with their people, you know. And just those little kind of reminders help them to go, yeah, you're right. I haven't had one-on-ones with my people or I haven't had this or I haven't had that. And one of the other things that we did is we would implement uh, a Friday call with the whole team and, and we would do something fun. Uh, maybe we would dress up like our favorite sports team or we put a background, a virtual background on from maybe our hometown or we talk about a job we had in, maybe in, in college or in high school um, or we just had you know, things that were unworked just, just to kind of get a, get the, you know, that interaction going with the team, building that report. That's a really good way of doing that. Yeah. I like that because uh, I know that works and it's just a sort of a, a relaxed approach because you need that. You need that interactivity. You need that uh, view of doing something slightly different to the norm rather than work, 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 work. Uh, the question yeah. I was going to ask actually is how do you view success how do you view success within the organization that you're working with and maybe outside the organization? How, how do you see that? Yeah, uh, I, I think success in, in the organization has to be driven back to the, the, the value you create within the business, right? At the end of the day, the business is there to achieve results. And so you really have to look at how are you driving everything you do towards the creation of that value for the business or mitigating risk, those are all part of that, um, and, and, and measuring those things so that you can then, you know, identify those success factors within your mm -hmm. team, and then communicating that back down through your team so that they understand, you know, what is success? How do we how do we make progress? How do we create that value for the business? Mm -hmm. at, at a more personal level, it's it's around the culture and it's around creating great teams. Because at the end of the day, as a leader, I'm not doing the blocking and tackling every day, right? My team is. And yeah. how do I motivate? How do I drive them? How do I create that culture where they can feel like they're valued, uh, that they have opportunities to grow and learn? They can, they can develop their own mastery. And they have that sense of well-being within the organization and that they're doing great things. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody wants to work in an environment where you're just there to earn the money. It's not about money. Uh, that's important for your your, your substance as an or you know as a, as a person and a, a creative family. But at the end of the day, you want to feel you want to feel like there's a sense of success 
in what you've achieved. And, and so really kind of laying that foundation and giving them an opportunity so that they can be successful in their own endeavors. And mm -hmm. a lot of times that has to do with giving them opportunity to grow, right? Giving them training opportunities, allowing them to try new things, uh, giving them uh, an environment where they have an opportunity to promote, you know, to grow within their career. So how can mm -hmm. they get to the next level? How are we providing them with that connectedness? And then how are we providing that culture that, that they want to they come to, that they look forward to, that the people, you know, you spend a lot of time with the folks you're working with and, and you want to have good connectedness there. Yeah, yeah. But there has to be that uh, connection. There has to be that relationship being built uh, because, you know, it's uh, you're speaking to your, I wouldn't say their friends, the employees, uh, but you, you also speak to them like their partner as well in business because you've got to work together in the best way possible. So what do you think uh, sort of outside of uh, the company, what, what do you think uh, people are actually facing? What do you think the, the, the main sort of problems uh, that people are facing? And how are you implementing sort of uh, solving that for uh, other companies, uh, the challenges that they might have? So using your products and services, how, how are you impacting on, on them in the value statement? Well, you know, I think a lot of the challenges we're having today is around connectedness. Like, how do we stay connected? How do we work together? How do we drive kind of that that ecosystem, that the society that we're trying to work within, and and having a better, you know, appreciation for other people's challenges, difficulties, uh, and perspectives, and and so for me, a lot of that is it, it both in in the office as well as outside in in my networking opportunities is connecting with people and helping to connect people to other people, right? So mm -hmm. you, you mentioned how Ed connected us. To me, I, I really find fulfillment in helping others, meeting with others, and helping them connect. And so it's really around that network of, you know, uh, solution providers or uh, peers or, or people that you just get a chance to meet with. You never know what you're going to get out of some of those connections. Agree. Agree. They're always, always so well worth it. And, and for me, the way I approach those connecting opportunities is how can I give back? How can I help that person on the other side of the call, on the other side of that camera to be able to help them with a connection within their business or a connection to another lead or a potential employee uh, or a potential employer? Mm -hmm. The question I was actually going to ask, actually, uh, just so because it's all about feeding forward and giving golden nuggets of bits of information. How do you network and what, what are the tips do you have out there so you can effectively network outside the organization, but on the business context, because we're connected now, which is great and wonderful and Ed connected us. So that's brilliant. So uh, I just want to know how, how, how you do it at your end, if you have any golden gems there that uh, the listeners can utilize there. Sure. Yeah. So how, how did this all start for me? Uh, 12 years, 12, 13 years ago, um, I found myself in transition. Uh, and it was the first time I was really in transition of, of not going from one job to another job. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in the course of going through my outplacement services that my company gave me, um, I realized I didn't have much of a network. I had people that I worked with that I, I kind of connected with, but I wasn't really you know, developing that network of peers and, and colleagues and friends and, 
and working on that. So I started developing that then. And one of the things I learned is that the value of that network goes far beyond just finding that job, but it's really kind of that human interaction and how we can all help each other. Yeah, uh, I know Keith Ferrazzi has written a book that I've got on my, my list of to read here. It talks about co-elevation and how we can co-elevate each other within yeah. kind of that networking space. And um, so for me, I started doing networking. I joined the Society for Information Management, which is a uh, organization in North America made up of chapters of IT leaders. Yeah, um, kind of really getting together and our value proposition is networking by far. That's our, our biggest value. We also do a lot of educational events and this and giving back to the, to the community. Um, and so I got on the board. I started networking with those folks. Uh, you know, we have close to 5000 members in the, in the United wow. States, Canada. Uh, I'm in the Southern California chapter. I got onto the board there uh, way back really, you know, 12, 14, 13 years ago. And we've grown that chapter. We have close to 300 members now, which are IT leaders across Southern California. And so that's one aspect of my networking. And that's a huge value that I bring with me wherever I go, because as the top IT leader in my corporation, when I have an IT challenge, a technology challenge, I can't turn to my peers and ask the CEO or the CFO or the VP of sales, what do you think? Or have you run into this before? But yeah. what I can do is reach out to my peers or other CIOs, whether they're working in a similar industry or a very different industry. We all have a lot of the same problems. Yeah. And so how do you connect with them? There's a ready-made group of folks that I can reach out to to get a reference, to recommend software, to recommend hardware, to recommend vendors and management service providers to help me with my solutions. And so that's one aspect of my networking. But also, you know, I, I still continue to network in groups of IT leaders as well as other business leaders because mm -hmm. it gives me a broad understanding of what's going on in the marketplace, what's going on in their businesses, what's going on with them. Very often, the solutions that you're looking for in your business, in your industry, have already been solved in another business, in another industry. Yeah, yeah. You can go and find those solutions and bring them forward, whether it's, you know, in automotive or aerospace or government or whatever that might be, you can bring those solutions. And how do you stay on top of this? You know, as as an IT leader, it's you're constantly on that treadmill of new things. Yeah. How do you stay educated? How do you learn about the new things that are out there? A big part of that for me is my network. Is I was going to say actually, the network is one of the most important things that you can have because it's a softer way to speak to people you're not selling to people all you're doing is you're creating that area of trust but mutual respect yeah. and it, it it also raises your game as well because you want to network with the the right people share the knowledge and the collective knowledge because the way i look at it we don't know everything and right. uh uh if, if you probably go down to your CEO or whoever and ask them what, what that is, you probably don't look like you're the person of authority. Like you should, you're, you're probably uh, assumed that you know of everything. But uh, I think sharing that collective network is absolutely incredibly important for, for your organizations and other organizations. So it's a really good tip there. Like that. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as I've been working through and building my network and staying very active and connecting with people, 
you know, the thing that that occurs to me about this is this is the same muscles, the same skill set that you need to do within your company. Yeah. Right. You need to be connecting with your peers. You need to be networking with people in other departments. As an IT leader, I have to work across all of the silos, all of the departments. Yeah. I need to have that connectedness with them. And I need to be able to be influenced, influence them, right? And, and I love that definition of influence is caring about the other person more than yourself. Absolutely. Right? So how can you establish that real connection? Uh, you need to network with them just like you would networking at a networking event or having a virtual yep. coffee with somebody or, or sitting down with somebody for happy hour or whatever. It's the same kind of thing with the people within your organization. It's about establishing those relationships um, so that they can feel like there's a there's a connection of trust there so that you have each other's back and that you're there to help solve problems and help provide solutions for them. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree. I think that's probably the, the better way of actually dealing with uh, sort of complex situations, but in a sort of a, a way that people understand and uh, using, uh, I would say influence, but natural storytelling and understanding the other person and also sticking it jumping into their shoes which is really a cool thing to do rather than sticking in your own head because sometimes that we all do that so yeah. if you had some golden nuggets of uh sort of knowledge that you can give back to people what would they be and what would that look like i think what you have to do is especially as an IT leader, right? We come up through this being technologists and, and we interact with our computer screens more than we interact with people. And so mm -hmm. as you rise up in the ranks of IT, you have to, you have to develop those skills to be you know, more connected, be a more effective communicator. Um, you know, sales may not be my title, but we're all in sales. We I agree. All have to make connections. We all have to, develop those relationships. Those are muscles that you have to do by practice, right? And you have to push yourself outside of that comfort zone to do that in some cases, because as a technology leader, um, you know, you feel more comfortable talking with your technology people in technology language that you have, and, and you don't get yourself outside of that. So you really, but you know, building that connection, building those networks and networking is a great opportunity to kind of hone those skills and, and flex those muscles by meeting with people and just yeah, absolutely. and you need to be curious right ask the questions get to know people be be grateful for the time that they're sharing for you but be there in the moment and listen to what they're saying and, mm -hmm. and their perspective and so well, those are those are some of the things that, that i've tried to develop throughout my career and i would absolutely recommend to the up-and-coming leaders um, and and really anybody who wants to influence and connect with people is you have to work at that. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's like your relationship, your marriage, right? Uh, marriage is not something you just do and now you're married forever. You have to continually work at your relationship. Well, it's the same thing you have to do with relationships at work and relationships in your network. You have to right. work at that. You don't just have that one-time meeting and, and you're all good or you, you went and had lunch with somebody or you had coffee and now your network is, is, is built. It, it's a continual thing. You have to work with people. I totally agree. And that is uh, such a wise thing that you can give back as a gift to people, because I, I always believe in that relationships are so important. And that's one thing that 
uh, I work on a lot myself because you just don't know. The way I look at it, you just don't know because something might happen down the line and you might need to speak to that person and go, look, could you either get advice on that or um, whatever it might be? So you can throw a lot, whole load of questions. The question I was going to ask you, actually, is probably slightly outside of what we've been speaking about. But I like to ask this to everyone because it throws them off the track. If, if you had a superpower for five minutes and you were uh, – based on a movie I saw uh, last year on Netflix, but you're given this pill and it gave you this superpower. How do you use it and what would you use it for? Five, so five minutes. Yeah, I, uh, gosh, I, I, I've been thinking about that. Uh, five minutes is not a lot of time. No, it's not. Gosh, um, I, I'll tell you the, the, the thing I would love for, if, if I could give everybody the opportunity during those five minutes to be more grateful. And, and more and practice gratitude. I think that would shape a lot of people's perspective of where we are today with the social unrest, with the, the challenges that we're having, well, especially in this country now um, and the turmoil uh, and the political uh, separation that we're, we're going through. It, just having that, those five minutes of gratitude, I think would really help people's perspectives. Love that. That's a really good answer. And I, um, um, Chester Alton, um, who I interviewed uh, a while back, he said exactly the same, live with gratitude. Gratitude for what you have and what you are, but also with other people. It's also empathy uh, if you look at it from that point of view. But I think that's absolutely awesome. Could you, um, uh, just to wrap up, can you uh, tell people how they can find out more about you? I'm sure I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I think that's a great platform to help build your network and, and stay connected to your network. So uh, you can find me on there. It's, uh, um, what is it, uh, LinkedIn slash IN. Um, my, my extension is J Monzonara. So it's my first, first initial and last name. Um, you'll have to look it up on the, on the podcast here to spell it. Um, but happy to connect with you on that. Uh, you can also reach me uh, through my email. It's john.monzonaris at gmail.com. And I'm happy to connect with you and, and uh, have a virtual coffee uh, and help, help you with your journey in life and connecting with other people. Awesome. That is really good. And that's why I like to interview uh, U.S. leaders because they're so open uh, to grab a coffee and just share knowledge and, and turn the phone. I've done it many a time. So appreciate that. So you listen to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. John, I really appreciate your time. I say your morning, my evening, and uh, eight, nine hours apart. But uh, if you like what you hear, please share it on uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, and iTunes is the most popular one, uh, apparently. I'm, I'm on Android myself, but uh, please like it and share it. Uh, be very much appreciative. Thank you very much again, John. Oh, thank you, Jason. Have a good, have a good evening. Thank you for listening to this wonderful episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did of the Global Sales Leader Podcast, episode 12. If you like it, please, if you could, give it a five-star rating and share it as well on all of the podcast channels 
iTunes is obviously number one. So if you can comment on it, that'd be wonderful. Appreciate it. Have a great week.